Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Loudmouth, also known as Adam Patterson, and we're going to explore community development within the Lazy Lions community. If you've ever heard of Lazy Lions, you probably know they have an amazing community, and we're going to be talking to someone who is on the inside. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Loudmouth. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Loudmouth, also known as Adam Patterson. If you don't know who he is, he's an NFT project advisor and active member of the Lazy Lions community. He's also VP of Industry Development for Lazy Hats. Io Adam, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Michael? Thanks for having me. So today, Adam and I are going to explore the importance of community development for NFT projects. And we probably should give a little bit of backstory where we met. We met in the VIP lounge at NFT LA. And everybody's like, hey, you ever heard of the Lazy Lion community? There's a bunch of Lazy Lion guys over there. So that's where we first met. And it was super awesome to meet you. And I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dive in a little bit about what goes down in the Lazy Lions community. But before we go there, I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How did you get into NFTs? Start wherever you want to start. Well, um, not really a tech savvy guy, but I've had a lot of in real life businesses. I started doing crypto back in 2017 and I just got really into that. I knew that it was the future. I knew that there was something special about it. I just started pouring into that. It was at the top, went down. I was too stubborn to sell it, uh, so I didn't lose there. I just kept it in there. And then because I kept it in there, I went through that bear market. And then 2019, I bought some more Bitcoin. And then the year before last, I just felt like I was supposed to buy some more. I bought some more. And then immediately right after, uh, like the next day after I bought more, it just started shooting up. And we got to the you know the bull market again. And then it started going up and down. And I was like, you can't really do much, but watch it on charts. And so I found out about NFTs and what NFTs could do is take it off the exchanges and actually we could put it into some digital assets and do some stuff in it. So that's how I got in. I, I ended up buying my first NFT was the Lazy Lions. I love lions, relate with them. I do not like the word lazy, so I didn't buy them. I didn't mint them. I didn't buy them for like three times, but there was nothing else. 
that I resonated with except for that one. So I always would go back to it. And I finally bought it and I started learning about community. When was that approximately? August. Of what year? Of 2021? Yeah. Okay. So you bought your first Lazy Lion in August of last year and then keep going with the story because obviously you would buy more than one and you would go on to buy quite a few different NFTs. So tell us like, first of all, what was that experience like buying the very first Lazy Lion for you? Well, I thought, what did I just do? I just spent like a thousand dollars on a picture of a cartoon. And so I thought, well, you know, at least I learned about it and see what's going on. And then I started getting all these emails from offers on it. And I thought, man, I still didn't even get the concept. I'm like, and they're, it's pictures, right? Like what, why did I pay for this when I could have just screenshotted it, you know? And then I kept getting these offers. And so I thought, well, I want to buy a couple more of these while they're down. And so I bought a couple more and then they just kept going. I sold my first one, made, I think, about double of what I paid for it. And then that's all I needed. I went all in. And so I, I like started buying every one I could get my hands on. I'm going through rarity tools, which I did not know at the moment that it's behind a little bit lagging. So uh, be careful on that. Wish I knew what I knew now then, but I bought probably 40 lions. Well, we should back up the train a little bit. What was your business? What were you doing when you were buying these lions? Where'd you come up with all the money for that? I'm just curious. Was it from the crypto that you'd previously invested? Yeah, it was from the crypto I previously invested. So I, about August this year will be three years that me and my wife, we actually shut down all of our business. We had seven businesses and 28 properties in Kentucky. We were born and raised there. We just felt like God wanted us to, to move to Texas. And so we shut down our businesses. We placed employees and other colleagues' businesses. So we didn't just leave everybody high and dry. And then I shut down the, the businesses that, that didn't have any. And we sold our real estate and we gave some of the real estate away and had a car lot. We gave a bunch of cars away like the last week we were there. And we just felt like, you know, God wanted us to give it all away and go to a place he'd show us. And we came to Texas. So I retired at 40 and came down here with enough money to buy a house. And I ended up splitting up that money up. Instead of buying one, I bought four houses. And then the one money I had left over, I bought a car wash. And then we just started ministry down here and plant a church. And then we, a year after that, we went and helped. They prayed over us and sent us to another place and they planted another church. And then we started outreach and I started what uh, my name is now is Loudmouth Ministries, where we go to the streets and uh, we preach the gospel and we're loudmouthed about Jesus. And so when I got into NFTs and I got on Twitter, uh, I just kept the name Loudmouth and it's worked pretty good considering the fact that, you know, I started dumping all this money into NFTs, started learning about them, getting in Discord, learning about the community. I just knew that. Twitter spaces. I didn't know about Twitter spaces until then, but I knew that those, that's what was selling all these NFTs. First of all, an amazing story. So bring us up to the present. Like what are the collections that you're part of these days? Cause obviously lazy lion sounds like it was your inroad and it worked perfectly with the ministry that you're starting Loudmouth. What are the other collections that you're actively part of today? Cause I know you're not just part of the lazy lions community. You're part of a number of other communities as well, right? Yeah. I'm part of a, a bunch of different communities and before I, I say which ones, I just want to explain like the point of that is through community building, I integrated through these other communities. So instead of us just sticking with the lazy lines and trading baseball cards back and forth with no real raise in a value, I knew that new liquidity through our cycles has to come in. And so what better way than to integrate communities? So I reached out and started 
watching and checking out other communities that were going on, other NFT projects. And so then I started to integrate our community within that community to grow. One that stood out to me the most was the Blue Chimps. And the Blue Chimps, they were coming together and building super community. They were in a board, a roundtable meeting every day. They've got executive board. They've got VCs. And so they were actually running this as a business, but yet they were still active so it wasn't like just like some regular corporate coming in and just doing it like a machine. It actually was people in the community, working in the community, living in the community, being active. And they were actually running to where they could help projects, mint out. What is like an a la carte, whatever they needed. They had the people to do it. They had the devs, the artists, the mint out parties, the, the welcome team, the, the negotiation teams, like marketing. It was amazing. So I integrated with them. So I've got several blue chimps. Then there was somebody that was just killing the spaces. They were doing Twitter spaces the best. They had all, basically 24 hours a day. They had from all over the world running spaces. And that was uh, the apocalyptic apes. And so I integrated with that community. And then what we did with the trait system and the lions, Fiddy ETH, that was the creator of the apocalyptic ace, had us come over and uh, start doing that with his co- collection, separating the, the different traits in the apocalyptic apes. Also, I'm in with uh, the Bulls and the Apes project, and that's the new project that's about to come out. They're actually minting today, and I'm pretty excited and stoked about that because it is one of the first like its kind, and they're doing a six-month ETHBAC guarantee, and it's written in the smart contract. So if for any reason somebody doesn't like what the project is doing or like what the, the community is, is bringing utility-wise, they can click a button up to six months and get their money back. So that's that's a pretty amazing project. And you're betting on the people in here more than you are uh, the lure of this, the project. All that has something to do with it. But these guys, they created Helium 10 out of nothing. So, you know, bullish on those guys. Yeah. And for those that have been listening to the show for a little while, remember we had Manny Coates on the show a couple of months back. And as of today, when we're recording it, which is Tuesday, May 31st, which this is not coming out, you're going to hear this after uh, this is the day that... Uh, they're minting, which is kind of exciting. So Loudmouth, we've talked a lot about how your story, how you came from having a bunch of local businesses, you sold nearly everything, you moved to Texas, and along the way you invested in NFTs and you were able to take some of the crypto investments and invest them in major projects and and ultimately develop some really great relationships and some really great communities. I would love you to answer this question. Why do you believe for NFT projects community is so important from your perspective and what is it about the lazy lions community that you believe is unique so feel free to talk about that why community why is that so important for nft projects well i think that it's so important because that's actually what nfts are you know it's community and the way i break it down is real simple i'm a simple guy i don't have much formal education it just clicked in my head that this is like real estate or vehicles. It's like anything in real life, you can relate it to this. And so the community aspect of it is we're only as strong as our weakest link. And the Lions really started building that kind of culture of the community is the project and the project is the community. Because without that foundation, you know, we're just any wind that comes by is just going to blow us over. And everybody's attention span is like onto the next thing really quick. So without that core foundation, and the relationships that are being built here, it's nothing because it's actually the leverage, the financing, the the actual uh, people behind the, the pictures and behind the profile pics and behind the, 
the NFTs that really give it the value. That's why you can screenshot a picture all you want. And it's not going to bring you any value because it doesn't matter. It's like if somebody came and took a picture of my house. Uh, I don't care if they take a picture of my house. What are they going to do with it? I have the deed. I have possession. I'm actually enjoying my house and they do not, you know, so I don't mind them taking a picture of my house. It's not going to give them really any value, especially the value that I'm, you know, living in my community or my neighborhood. Right. So that's why I think projects are like neighborhoods or community banks. You know, that's why they say it's a community. So when Mr. Johnson comes in the bank, the bank teller's like, Hey, good morning, Mr. Johnson. And then that, that bank brings certain utility to those people. And that's why they choose that community bank. And so therefore people want to put their money there. Right. And so then that bank uses that money to make more money and bring more utility to their customers. And so that's the way that my mind clicks and sees NFTs is uh, digital assets, future finance and banking and leverage. And without the community, without the people, then what is it? Right. And I think this is what makes the lazy lion community somewhat unique is that there seems to be a lot of loyal holders of these NFTs. I hold two, you hold like 20 or something crazy like that. 35. Okay. Wow. So what is it about lazy lions in particular that they've done well? And I know you're part of, you are technically a, you're not formerly part of the lazy lion quote unquote community is my understanding. Instead, you're part of a kind of a subgroup that you've kind of helped create inside of the lazy lions community. But what is it about the lazy lions in particular that they do? Well, I can tell you, at least from my perspective was at the moment I bought my first lion, I was welcomed on Twitter by a bunch of lions, which I thought was kind of cool, you know, and I don't think I had that happen with any other NFT I've ever purchased. And I, and I purchased some pretty expensive NFTs, including four moonbirds. And nobody ever reached out to me and said, Hey, welcome to the moonbird community, but they did in the lazy lion community. And there's something special about that. So what is it about the way the lions do community? Well, I think that everybody in life wants to feel significant, important, and seen. That's one thing that lions have done that since day one. We took that uh, a group, you know, small group of people started with like me and me and Didish. Uh, he is a, a guy from Thailand, and so I actually was offered a position with the Lazy Lion team, and kind of turned it down in a sense. Not that I didn't want to work with them because I do. I probably work more for them than anybody. I, I'm not looking for a job, right? I got I didn't get into NFT so I could make a bunch of money and get find a job. I got into NFTs because I just felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And then when I got it, I know that it's the future. And I'm, I'm just so excited about what it actually is, what it, what it stands for, that I'm, I'm sold out on the, the process of what it is. And so I don't want to be confined by just somebody having to work for one person and do what they say. I want to be a part of this from the very beginning. But what we did was we seen that how they were welcoming people and it was like lion teach cub. And so when new people came in, like a lot of people are afraid that these are their scams and they're afraid they don't understand uh, NFTs. They don't understand crypto still some. And so when someone does come in, we know that if we want to successfully onboard new people, onboard those people, bring them, we got to make sure that they feel significant, that they feel special, that they're seen and they're heard and they matter. We want them to be there just as you would in any real, real life business or, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's unfortunate that more NFT projects are not doing that, uh, because that's exactly what we need. We need the education. And when I first got in, that was the number one thing that's on my heart was like, I want to educate people is and bridge that gap so that we can have more people come in all the way up to mass adoption because it's going to change the game. 
we thought, well, there's like 6,000 holders of Lazy Lines and it's kind of hard to start a business and to run 6,000 people, especially when nobody's ever knighted you, the leader, right? Uh, so so me and Didish, uh, we, we came to a place where we thought, you know, if we take a trait, because all the different NFTs have different traits, like somehow have a loud hat on, or, you know, there's projects that are starting to put loud hats in their projects now. I think I'm up to like four projects that's done that, uh, inspired by what, what I'm doing and what we're doing in the space. So, but we have a lazy hat that's up like this and it says lazy on it. And there's 255 in the collection of 10,000. And then there's crowns and there's space suits and there's party hats and then there's leader hosens and hoodies. And so all these are different traits within this community. And all of those that I just named are special traits are rare traits. So there's not that many of them, except for the lazy hat is not a rare trait and it's 255 of them. So we understood that if there's only 93 or something or a hundred of them, people are going to buy those. They're going to hold them. There's 109 crowns. And so they're going to hold those. They're going to sit there. And there's not going to be much movement. Well, we know that, you know, money was created to move. So if it's leveraged behind it, we've got to keep things rolling for the ecosystem to move. So we thought if we get the ones that that's about double, maybe even almost triple of that, we'd have enough to where we could hold, we could keep our value higher, and then we still have enough to keep moving. So we'd have that movement. And so we took the lazy hats and we took them from 1.1 Ethereum floor. Floor is the cheapest you can buy one uh, for. 1.1 ETH floor, and in seven weeks raised it to 14 ETH floor. So the cheapest you could buy one was 14 Ethereum. And we did that by just moving, the, we could move the market because we were together in unison casting a vision. We couldn't do that with 6,000 holders, but we could do that with 150 holders. Because 150 holders owned all 255 of that trade, and there's only 255 there. So we could control that a whole lot easier. So then once we get in the boardroom, we create our own Discord, our own meetings, our own website, our own community wallet, and we created a community within the community or a sub-community and created kind of like a project with all the ones that we bought because a lot of projects are saying, devs, do something, devs, do something. They're waiting on them to just spoon feed them or do something for them when we realize we can take matters in our own hands and we don't have to wait on devs to do anything. If I buy a piece of property, I'm not going to wait for the government to come and cultivate that property and build a house on it for me. I'm actually going to cultivate my land and I'm going to build my house. And then I'm going to hope that the devs come through with some sewage and electricity or utilities. Right. So I want them to do the big things so that while us as smallholders will cultivate our own land, we'll build our own communities, we'll build our own neighborhoods and we'll come together to help one another and get this moving so that we can actually build a city, a town, a community because it takes everybody. Right. And so we understood that. And so we cast that vision. We started building on that within that. And then through that, by taking something large and bringing it in, you know, it's the expansion and contraction. We took it, made it smaller, cast that vision. And then now it started to grow back out with all these other people on the same vision. Because I believe that a healthy culture spits out toxic people and a toxic culture will spit out healthy people. Now nobody gets kicked out. They leave because they don't get validation or traction. So we have to cast this vision of the culture that we want to bring or we want to cultivate. And then if people don't want to be a part of that, then they'll leave. And if they do want to be a part of that, then they'll stay and they're going to get out, like be conformed. And so we're going to run this. And then through that, we ended up having all 10,000 lions back us and we became the leaders in the space. And so our floor is like seven times 
the the floor of the regular lions and we flipped all the the rare traits so we're higher than all of them and then now we think all right now we've got this mastered how can we continue to grow well that's when i said well we need to reach out to other communities and integrate communities so that we can get some more good people and investors that have the same vision as us to get into our crew and then we would integrate all the other people into the rest of the lions through us doing that it also will inspire other trait groups to start to raise up within. So the space suits start their own group. The galaxy skin starts their own group because we can actually make it move. We can move markets. If all my crypto sitting on a chart, I can't do anything but watch it go up and down. But if I can move it into NFTs, it's a tangible digital asset that a group of people can come together and actually move it. When we found that out, we thought, all right, how do we do that? Well, we look back at our in real life business and we thought, these are our strengths. This is how we did it. And then we'll just do it in here. And so now we have business owners, we have investors, we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have people with so many letters past their name, I don't even know what they stand for. And we're in a business meeting or executive boardrooms every day, and we're thinking, how do we move this forward? How do we promote this person? How do we help these people? How do we, how do we bring utility from within and cultivate our land and build a community and build this culture that we want? And through that, we've actually become the leaders in the space definitely the leaders in the, the lazy lines. And we don't run around just saying, hey, we're the boss, we're the leaders. We just lead. Leaders lead, and they just do what they, they do, and people will follow. So that's, the, that's the, the thing that we built, and now we're on a mission to where well, we're helping music NFTs, we're helping athletes bridge over from Web 2 to Web 3. We're helping new projects like Bulls and the Apes. We're, we're teaching them how to do spaces, who's in the community, introduction, bridging the gap, bringing education, bringing new liquidity in the space, as well as integrating other communities within our community. And so it's working out really, really well. And we are, we're doing it slow, but we're doing it really well. So that when storms come, like this last one that's came, that's kind of put us in this bull market, everybody dropped big time. We didn't, we dropped a couple of Ethereum, but we're still running five, six Ethereum floor. And we're making, we're having sales every day and bigger influencers are coming in every day asking, how can they be a part of our secret club is what they call it, you know? So uh, we've got the number one YouTube channel in cryptocurrency that is, he's inquired. I had a meeting with him in Atlanta this last week. He's wanting us to help with him and his project and bring him in the largest female crypto channel in the world. Uh, Wendy O got to meet with her Thursday, bringing her in. We've got Nigel Dejong. He's a very uh, prominent uh, football player or soccer player, what they say in the U.S. And then we've got a couple more. Uh, I'll spare you the, the names, but like a lot of professional athletes and a lot of influence are coming in, and we're gonna be we're gonna be here, and we're gonna hit we're gonna hit that hundred ETH floor because that's where the lazy ass lives, hundred ETH Street. <laughs> well, first of all, that was freaking cool. So I want to back up on a couple of fundamental things. One of the things you threw out there, you said lions teach cubs. Talk to me what about what that means, because it sounds like this is like a phrase that's used inside the Lazy Lions community that I think a lot of others might be able to benefit from you explaining. What does that mean, Lions teach cubs? Well, it just means that if we're the OGs of the Lions, we've been here a while. Like I said, we've been here since the beginning. They minted in August. I didn't mint them. I bought right after. But a lot of people that are in the Lions did. So when new people come in, like, a, like you said, if excuse me, if they come in, we actually do a roar. What we do is roars over floors or roars on and Twitter. 
We welcome everybody. We we blast them. Like if you if you want more followers on Twitter, buy a line. You're gonna get it. You just put lines follow lines. Yeah, like we're gonna come in strong. We we welcome them, and then we we're there. Our Discord has got like 144 thousand people in it. And if you get in there and you start asking any questions, there's a section in there that you can go and somebody that's already been in there that understands what's going on, that knows the ins and outs, knows how to not get scammed, knows where to go, what to do, who to call, you know, all the protocols and stuff. We'll actually embrace them, bring us, bring them under our wings and then we'll lead and guide them and teach them and educate them into the space. Something that I wish had happened to me is I would have saved about, you know, half a million dollars and and had twice as much as I have right now, at least at minimum. Right. But I had to learn the hard way. And so now we don't want people to have to go through that unless they choose to, because some people only learn the hard way. And that's okay. Probably fall in that category a lot. But if there was someone there could just take a few moments to to answer some questions, you know, and help us move forward, it would save a lot of people mistakes. It would keep a lot of people here and it would make people be more bullish to where they want to invest more into this because they would have a better understanding of it. And so that that's what I mean by that. So if you go in there and you say, hey, I don't know anything, there's going to be 10 lions that say, what do you need? And in most communities, if that happens, be careful. <laughs> but lions is the probably the most trustworthy, full of integrity community that I've ever met. And most people, if they leave and take off, it's not far before they get, you know, clapped pretty good and they come back, you know, because you can just trust us, you know. You guys refer to people as kings and queens. Talk to me about that a little bit and why that uh, is so important. Well, the lion is the king of the jungle. And so I think that we identify as the kings of the space, the kings and the queens of the space. And so every time that, you know, you speak something, you're actually proclaiming it over a people. And so we want everybody to feel that they're kings and queens. If they're a lion holder, then they are kings and queens because we are the kings of the jungle and we roar. Talk to me about this Roars Rewards program that is set up because I think this is something else that um, is kind of interesting. Do you know how that works? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I can give you to an extent. In the beginning, it really was a, a really, really good deal. Uh, not that it's not now, but I think that the, with the volume going down in the bear market, it's not as significant as it was. But in the beginning, we made sure that we, we set up, well, I'd say we, the Lions set up a rewards program and it's like reward, but we call it raw rewards. And through that, if you kept your profile pick a lion and then you had a Twitter banner as a lion or a lion emoji in your description on Twitter or something, by doing those things that you would get the diamond poles, what they, they call a diamond pole status in the discord. And through that, you got a percentage of the sales every month for the entire lion oh. given back to you about on the 10th of the month. Oh, wow. Okay. There was one time I almost got a whole Ethereum because I had so many lions and there was so much volume, you know, so it was like really bullish. But through that, they understood by doing that, that it made a lot of people active. It made a lot of people have their profile pick as lions. And so then it made us look like a gorilla force, like we were really strong and heavy. And everywhere you looked, there was a lion profile, there was a lion Twitter, there was uh, people talking about rewards and roars and roars over floors, and then they were just stampeding the place and running in the pride, as they call it, or the pack. It, it really gained a lot of traction in the beginning, and it really brought good utility. It was one of the only uh, actual PFP projects or NFTs in the projects that was actually paying holders back 
and doing it in a legal way, you know, because you can't just, well, I won't get into that. That's a whole other story. But they did it in a way that it was a reward and uh, for for participating in certain things. And so it was really good. Uh, and as, if the, as the volume kicks up, it's going to even be better. You know, so Very, very interesting. Okay, so you and D-Dish decided, hey, let's take the lazy hats. And there are two different hats that say lazy, but you guys are the ones with the baseball caps that have um yes yeah, the flip brim like that yeah exactly and it says lazy on it right let's figure out yeah. a way to take a sub community within an existing community and let's figure out a way to to create a small intimate community inside of this much larger loyal community and in the process of doing this you guys were regularly doing twitter spaces together is that kind of kind of how it kicked off was it the, the spaces no actually Actually, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. D-Dish actually picked the brim, the lazy brim hat to do it. I had the vision in my heart to do education in the space. I wanted to lead and I didn't understand entities enough to know how to break that down because I was a crown maxi and a rare trait. I wanted all the rare traits and most people that they think that's what, the way it goes. D-Dish seen the vision of the marketing where it's very easy to market that trait because it says lazy, very clear on the hat and they're a lion. So a two-year-old, three-year-old can see that. And no, it's a lazy lion. So it was the marketer's dream. And he recognized that because he's he, in real life, he is a marketer. He actually came to me and because he's seen that there was people follow started to follow me and I, I started to gain influence because I was translating what it was from dev talk to the common Joe or the, you know, the, the layman's terms of what an NFT was and people were getting it. I was, I did the analogy of like a vehicle. You know, I said, if all the lines was a, was a Mercedes uh, brand car and then all the different rare traits were different classes of that, say like the lazy lion or the lazy hat was like the G wagon. And then the crown was the S class. And then, so all those were just a different trims. And then through that, if you bought all of those that were available, then you actually could control the, the price of that because they can't go down the road and shop you. You have all of them. If a lady, if a G wagon club, bought all the G wagons in existence, you couldn't have a G wagon unless you went to the G wagon club and said, will you sell me one of those G wagons? Then you get to name your price. You, you've got the leverage in the negotiation and they can't go down the road and shop and see, you know, compare your price because you have them all right. It's basic supply and demand. So I understood that. And I started to share that in the own right. And then he recognized this is the one to market and this is how we can do that. And so he kind of just started messaging me. I thought he was a scammer from Thailand at first that I didn't listen to him. And, and boy, I wish I would have listened to him in the beginning because it really has rolled out beautiful. And so, so wait, just to be clear, does that mean you and him bought up a lot of the inventory then? Is that what ended up happening? Well, he didn't, I did. It was already up to four ETH before I started scooping them up, you know, and even more. Uh, I was, I was buying them at six, seven, eight ETH, uh, because I was selling them every day at six, seven, eight ETH, you know, uh, when the floor is 10, 10 ETH, 14 ETH, it's easy to do private sales for eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine ETH all day because people feel like they're getting a deal. The supply is, is, is not really there. The demand is. That's how FOMO kicks in, the fear of missing out. If there's only 3% or less listed and they're at this certain price, then people's thinking, hey, I better make a move now or they're going to be gone. And then if there's more listed, then, you know, it's like, oh, I'll wait till tomorrow. Maybe it'll be there. Maybe I can get a better deal. So 
we actually realize that we can move markets when we have the supply. Yeah, I've bought well over 100 ETH worth of lazy ads. Uh, I've got, I think, six now, and I sold two in the last couple of days. So if I would have got in in the very, when they were Ethereum, one Ethereum or two Ethereum, I really would have done really, really well. But we understood to get the right people on the right bus and all the wrong people off the bus. But then we had to take it a step further and we had to get everybody on the right seat on the right bus. And that's what I tried to do by buying. A, I didn't buy the lazy hats to make profit per se immediate. I bought them because I wanted to get them out of the flippers hands and get them out of the people that didn't want to follow the vision that we had for them. And so I would buy them to get them out of those hands until I found the right diamond hand to put them in. And so then I would place them in the right hands that we wanted to almost like hiring people into our company. Right. So I would go out and I would see talent and I would say, I need, I want that talent. So then we would go and we would share the vision and then they would buy the line. We never gave any, but sometimes I did lose a little money just to make sure that I knew that this person was going to play ball with this and they're not going to ever sell this line. So then that takes that, that takes that supply off the market forever. Right. We've probably got a good 80 to a hundred of them that will never be sold. So there's 255, but is there really, and I, and I might be being, I'm very conservative with that number. It could be more than that. Maybe, maybe about 150. That's never going anywhere. Once we get them all in the right hands of the right people, then that's when we really get started. So we're what you would say in our own right, we're still minting. <laughs> we're still getting the right people on the right bus with the right seat on the right bus and all the lazy hats in the right hands so that we can actually move forward and really carry out what we're, we're going for. So, but we're getting close. We're getting close. I, I don't think, I think there's like 11 listed out of the whole collection. That's awesome. Talk to me about how you guys are using Twitter spaces because I know you're very active in Twitter spaces and this is clearly part of your community nurturing community development process. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with spaces. So there's a couple things that we're doing with spaces. Obviously we're marketing with the spaces. We're building community with spaces. We're integrating communities with spaces and we're educating in spaces. And so that started by, I was doing spaces and then DDish started coming into the spaces. And then when I got in on the lazy hats and we kind of put our visions together and said, let's go with this. Then we started to do it. Like I said, I tried for a month to get them to, to get the lazy lines as a whole to start doing them because I knew that that's what was going to sell NFTs. That's what was going to get the word out. That, that was, that was it. It was like, that's the TV of the web three. Like if you don't have a Twitter, you're not going to make it. You got to get one of those. And you got to get in spaces. It's the only place you can't Google education on NFTs. You just, there's nothing out there. There's no content. But if you get into spaces, you're going to learn about NFTs. You're going to figure it out because you have to learn about the people. You have to be present through that. I did it uh, to educate. And I also did it in the very beginning to provoke. I wanted it to, to raise up people to show that this isn't simple. It's easy and you can do it and it's free and you have something important to say too. Not only one or two people have something to say. This Web 2 is like this massive influencer. This one person has it and then everybody just follows. Web 3 is not that. It, this is decentralization and everybody that's a part of this is important. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has something smart to say and something to contribute. And so we want that to happen. So through that, a few months of spaces, then it actually started to raise people up and then they started to, to start talking, getting comfortable. And so now within the last month, we've actually 
provoked other traits and other lions to start leading their own shows. And I think we're up to 12 a week, 12 spaces. So there's a lion space every day now and up to 12 per week consistently because what you consistently do becomes your reality. So I started a Monday night show at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on Twitter, and I was there come hell or high water, no matter what, whether I was traveling, no matter what. At 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, that button is clicked, and that show started FOMO with Loudmouth. And then we actually have guests on the show. We have other communities come on. We have people that are starting projects come on. We have influencers come on, and we just educate. We just talk, and we build community. Fascinating. When you guys are doing these spaces together, what's the general structure? Are you mostly interviewing people? Is it just talking smack with people? I mean, like, what what is it about the way you do spaces that makes people want to stick around for a while? I don't know. I haven't figured that one out yet, Mike. That's your expertise, and hopefully <laughs> maybe you can help us with that. Well, how long are you live for, and how do you normally start it out? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're usually live for a minimum of about four hours. Four hours? Yeah. And uh, my longest space was uh, a little over 17 hours. So okay, it's just like a big group of people that come together and hang out. And you don't have to say, all right, I got to go home because you're already at home. So it's like hanging out with your friends from all over the world until you the host just kind of drains out and has to go to sleep or, or something else they have to do, right? And most people in this space are are pretty well off. They have investment money so that, you know, they're they're not confined. There is a lot of people that are too, but most people have the freedom to be able to do whatever they want to do. We're just a bunch of big kids hanging out, playing. Uh, like when someone sends me a link and said, you know, to a Twitter space, I feel like it's when I was a kid and somebody knocked on the door and says, can you come out and play? Yeah. Fascinating. I want to go back to the integration stuff you mentioned earlier, because It seems to me now that you have established a little bit of what I call that flywheel movement, right? Where you are actually starting to, things are starting to work according to your original plan. You've developed a community of core holders, if you will, that are regularly planning and strategizing together and you're starting to work with other communities. Talk to me a little bit about how a group from Community X can work with Community Y. Like that seems a little counterintuitive to the way a lot of NFT projects are going today, but it doesn't seem like that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, in an ideal world, I think the more NFT communities can collaborate together, the more we can all rise. But what is it exactly that you're hoping to accomplish when you integrate with another community? Well, there's a few things. And one is the stronger we are together, the better off we are, because we understand true competition. think the original word of breaking that down is comp theos and and that means to conspire together to win because you're not my competition i'm my competition there's no way i can be mike and there's no way i can do what you do you're graced and blessed and created to do what you do there's only one of you and you got to be the best you and so i've got to be the best me so i got to look at myself in the mirror and i say hey let's beat yesterday and as long as i'm trying to beat my yesterday then I'm going to win. And nobody else can take that from me. Nobody can be better at that than me because it's me, right? The The problem is when we start to think that somebody's overstepping our toes or tr- going to take what we think is ours. And then at someone else's expense or another tribe's expense, we try to hoard things up because we think we're going to run out. We're not going to get it. And then that leads to jealousy and envy and, 
as you know as well as I, James three sixteen, it says where envy and strife is, it opens the door to every evil work. And so I don't want to strive against anybody else. I want to actually help them thrive. So if we help enough other people get what they want, then we never have to worry about what we want because it just comes. And so I think by integrating the communities, we are so early that there's nothing that's going to stop or hurt anybody right now. And I don't think at all at any point, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there somebody's opinion. But I think that the stronger that we get, there's communities that are full of amazing people that have important things and ideas and creativity and then there's projects that have the same and those people are within those communities and so by us integrating together we're putting the most beautiful minds on the planet together which normally would never happen right the executive board that i I would be in a meeting in the lazy hats or the blue chimps i would never be in the room with them in real life or even have that the ability to the access to but now I've got you know a little bit of my testimony. I dropped out of school after eighth grade. And so I should be dead or in jail probably because I lived a crazy life. When I met Christ, changed my whole life. And so I ended up becoming a business owner and owning 28 properties and seven businesses and, and being pretty successful in life, right? But I couldn't give credit to my education. I couldn't give credit to, to my smarts. I, I had to give credit to God where it, credit was due. But through that, through Web3, we have that ability to where I can get in the room with a doctor or an attorney or a Fortune 500 CEO, and we can, or a professional athlete, a movie star, like, and all these, I'm not just giving examples. These are all true, real examples. Like, these aren't scenarios, I should say. These are real, true things that happen. Right. Why would somebody that, you know, that dropped out of eighth grade that used to sell drugs be in a, a be leading a Fortune 500 company, you know, executive? That doesn't make sense. Right. But, but there's something that God created me with that if I wouldn't have chose that path, I may be would have been one of those. So I always say I, I didn't go to Harvard and I didn't get accepted at Harvard, but I actually can can hire somebody that did. And so through that we come together, we bring our minds together and we really can move something and change the space. And so we put the most brilliant minds all over the world together through that integration and that community so that we can actually move forward and, and lead, lead our world and change our world. And I always say that the people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Well, I am very excited that you and I met and I'm very much convinced you are changing the world as I know I am. There are people listening right now that would love to connect with you, Loudmouth, a.k.a. Adam Patterson. First of all, where do they find you on Twitter? And secondly, is there another place you would want to send them other than Twitter? If you're invested in NFTs, absolutely not. Twitter's the place to be. And so it's all capital letters, Loudmouth underscore ETH, E-T-H. And I'm a white lion as my PFP, so you'll see me. That's the same on Instagram. I don't really get on there much or have much traction, but some a lot of Web2 have a lot of Instagram, and they're trying to bridge that over. Loudmouth underscore ETH, thank you so much for coming on and answering all my questions and sharing your heart and your experience, and I just can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure for sure, and I'm glad that I met you too. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C25. 
you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and I'm at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.